Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like you. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Hey everyone, I know I usually record three episodes a week, but this being Christmas week, uh, I've got just one episode for you. But never fear, it is an extra long episode. It's over an hour and a half, so just listen to a half an hour on Tuesday, a half an hour on Thursday, and then a half an hour on Saturday. And I will be back next week with more Nintendo content than you can shake a stick at. I want to take a second before the actual episode starts And thank you all. Thank you so much for listening to my show this year. I'm blown away by the feedback and support that I've received from this community. I'm so very grateful to all of you. Uh, Happy holidays to those of you that celebrate this time of year. Otherwise, have a happy solstice season. Uh, Hashtag basis covered. And um, if you don't already follow the amazing podcasters that joined me on uh, this episode of Switchcraft, you are doing yourself a disservice. So special thanks to them for joining me on this extra long episode of Switchcraft. Happy holidays. I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Uh, As a gift to you and a gift to myself, I found three other awesome podcasters to talk to, and uh, we're going to have them introduce themselves, and uh, we're going to record our year-end holiday show, and I'm going to start with Lloyd Hannison. Uh, Lloyd, why don't you tell us about your show? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me here on this uh, an, another group podcast. It's going to be awesome. Uh, my name is Lloyd. I'm from the Nintendo Pulse podcast, a uh, weekly show, been running for um, many, many years. <laughs> it's embarrassing when I say how long, because then people can kind of figure out how old I am. Um, but yeah, we talk weekly about Nintendo, Nintendo news, what we've been playing, and we're really currently enjoying the resurgence of Nintendo scene um, out here on the uh, the gaming scene. Awesome. Uh, NBZ, what's the elevator pitch for your show? NBZ, I'm from the show called This Nintendo Life. We're a bi-weekly show, uh, or I guess fortnightly. There's a difference between how <laughs> Americans and British people say it, I believe. Uh, but that's once every two weeks. And it's me and my friend who I've known since we were about five years old, uh, talking about all the games we've been playing uh, and all the newest news and features and, and all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's good fun time. Uh, and yeah, thanks for having me on. Awesome. And uh, Josh from N64 Josh, as you all know him, uh, what's uh, the elevator pitch for your show? Yeah, I'm the host of the Nintendo Powercast, and uh, it is a weekly, sometimes twice a weekly <laughs> show. And uh, cover the news. I like to interview different people from the community, whether it be Twitch streamers or YouTubers or other podcasters. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. Awesome. Well, we are here to talk about Nintendo and the 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 2017 year that I think nobody saw coming. Uh, so let's start off with the 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 essential question here. Was 2017 Nintendo's best year? Um, Lloyd, I'm gonna or Josh, I'm gonna start with you. What do you think, man? I mean, it is definitely 
a complete change from um, the last console generation with them. You know, the Wii U had um, about as many games total as the Switch had this year. <laughs> it's what it is what it feels like. I mean, that, that number is not accurate. I'm exaggerating, but that that is. I mean, when I look at the stack of Switch games, physical copies, it's I I think I have close to the same amount as I do Wii U titles, and it it blows me away. Um, you have you have people saying like uh, I'm buying an Nintendo. I haven't bought a Nintendo since the Wii or the 64 or the GameCube that are that are coming back. I mean, I hear this on a regular basis. Um, the fact that Sony is like, uh, this console is something we are now worried about. You know, is basically what they said in an interview recently. And I mean, how many times do we all hear people say, "Oh, I'm going to get that game, but I'm waiting till it comes out on Switch." You know, they're they're definitely getting that market share back and uh it it has been an amazing year best year for nintendo i I mean i guess it depends on how you want to look at it like uh financially or just having people talk about them positively it's been a long time since it's been this good well what do you think mbz I feel like it is an incredibly strong year on a lot of different fronts. Uh, the fact that the Switch has come out and been a success is, is one of those. But if it had come out and you know just been this very um, desirable hardware without the software to back it up, uh, it wouldn't have really been as successful. And so the breadth of software they have, the fact that I think really the big things that have been hitting me is like Bethesda are an enormous supporter of this console. And if you told me that last year, I would have laughed you out of the room. That seems unthinkable to me. The fact that a company like Bethesda, who had paid no attention to Nintendo whatsoever up until now, are suddenly a bigger supporter of them than Capcom, uh, it's it's somewhat staggering. And I think like that kind of um, is emblematic of, of how good a year they've had, is that they're starting to open up once again to these partnerships and all these people who want to collaborate with them. Um, and just in terms of the media, because I'm someone who only started paying attention to games press and, and podcasts and stuff like that in the last kind of decade or so, and no one was ever positive on Nintendo or had any intelligence to speak about Nintendo with because no one cared about them. They were in last place, and the Wii was hitting a different market, so they weren't really talking about them in the same breadth as, as Sony and Microsoft. And this is the first year I felt like the media has been really positive on Nintendo, and everyone is just clamoring about the Switch. Um, so it's, it's a real reversal for them. You know, uh, before we get to uh, Lloyd here, I have a question for everybody, because you bring up a really good point, uh, NBZ, and that's uh, the software. So at the end of the Wii U's hardware cycle, there was nothing. It was just... It was a barren landscape of games. There was nothing out Remember there. Remember when the holiday games comprised of the Animal Crossing board game and yeah. that Mario Tennis game that had no modes whatsoever? Exactly. <laughs> and it was so, tragic. Yeah, it was clear that Nintendo was holding back for the Switch uh, for 2017 to be as good as it was. Do you guys feel like they have... Um, dropped what they had already because we had game after game after game this year in 2017 for the Switch. Do you think that 2018 is going to possibly have a drought after the amazingness that was 2017? Anybody? Whoever wants to go. I guess Josh, what do you think? Uh, I don't. I think we're going to have... I think we're going to have more. We've already had announcements from platinum with bayonetta one and two and three 
We've had uh, announcements from Capcom that Mega Man 11 is coming out, plus um, all the Mega Man X games and the Mega Man uh, Legacy uh, 1 and 2. And I think we're seeing some third parties that are going, okay, we can take this. We can take Nintendo seriously again. They have the install base. We need to be on this system. Um, You know, I, I think it's just the beginning. And I think... I think Nintendo has already let us know that hey, there's a we don't know dates obviously, but I mean Pokemon, Yoshi, Kirby, Metroid Prime Four, and you know come Our January, emblem. I think they're gonna <laughs> drop it, they're gonna drop the mic again, honestly. So all right, Lloyd, uh, do you think that 2017 is uh, what's your opinion of 2017 for Nintendo? I think uh, 2017 was an incredibly important year. I don't know if it's their best year. I mean, it's hard to kind of quantify that because there's so many different ways that it could be the best. Um, what I think 2017 did is it, um, it it basically showed the world that Nintendo is still around. Um, you're not seeing an article every other week about Nintendo should just release all their games on iPhone and PS4 and, and Xbox and, and, and all the stuff that was coming out um, for years and years and years because of the Wii U being, well, what the Wii U was. Um, I think 2017 has the the chance to really cement um, the Switch as a runner um, in the race for um, next-gen console. So when we hear games are coming to next-gen console, it just doesn't mean PS4 and Xbox. Um, the fact that the, the system is selling so well um, that it's still hard to find in stores, even though I'll go in stores now and I'll see one or two. Um, it's not like the Wii U where I, I think I've only not seen Wii U's uh, for like the two weeks following its release. And then it's been in stores ever since. Um, well, obviously not now because they're trying to get rid of them. Um, I think 2017 has the, the, the chance to, to really set um, Nintendo um, on, on a really good path. Um, there's been some, some huge changes um, from, corporate changes um, from the game development to game releasing to advertising to um, making deals with for movies and theme parks and all the stuff that Nintendo really wasn't doing for a long time. So if anything, I think uh, 2017 is kind of the, the, the time when Nintendo kind of turned a bend away from things that weren't working to things that maybe will work better in the future. Uh, Nintendo famously ignores the quote-unquote competition do you guys feel like nintendo is said in the same breath uh with ps4 and xbox one uh for most gamers out there uh what, what do you think uh lloyd uh, well i think it's it's easy to to ignore the competition when you're not winning because um, you don't want to you don't want to compete with people that are that are blowing you away um i think with what's happening with the switch i think nintendo might be a little bit more um uh, eager to talk about the other consoles. I mean, they they've gone on stage and talked about crossplay. Um, they've mentioned other consoles by name, um, which is kind of something that hasn't really really happened before. So, I think from a from a corporate standpoint, I think N- Nintendo might start changing that. Um, but I'm also seeing Nintendo getting a lot of I, I don't know cred from from gamers out there. It's not the joke system. Um, like the Wii U was for a lot of people. It's not the butt of of all the the internet jokes and, and trolling. Um, I, people that ha- have never loved Nintendo have come out and said, I was wrong. The system's awesome. I take it everywhere. Um, so that's only going to do, do, do uh, good things to raise kind of the, uh, the air of Nintendo around the internet. I, know I that- also think Go that ahead. Um, their 
ability to get celebrities and i don't think this is a direct endorsement thing as it was in the ds era where they had all these beyonce adverts and all that stuff it seems pretty natural that a lot of famous people on their social media profiles are being like oh yeah i'm playing this and i'm I'm enjoying my switch i'm on the plane and there was the famous picture of the barcelona football team uh all playing their switches and something about you know obviously celebrities endorse products all the time and it's, it's a big thing but there's something more naturalistic about how it's happening this time and i think people are actually just excited about the device and i think for perception of it it helps because hey these are the people who people look up to and people follow uh, and it probably helps shape the conversation about nintendo being less of a kiddie device these days and more of a thing that anyone can play do you guys think that's a natural thing or do you think nintendo is reaching out to these people and saying uh hey we're gonna send you this uh do you want to uh, like some kind of deal where it's a it's a paid advertisement and it just seems like an endorsement. I, well, I think, how much is happening, but it's probably around fifty fifty. I would think. Yeah, I, th- I think for for the most part, for a lot of people, it's natural. Like, um, I watch a lot of wrestling with my daughter. She's she's like a wrestling super fan. So we've been watching wrestling lately, and and I follow a lot of wrestlers on Twitter and Instagram and all that because of it. And you're seeing pictures all the time of like a bunch of wrestlers in a plane playing switch and they're playing Mario Kart or they're playing um, Zelda or they're playing whatever the latest game that dropped is. And, and these are, these aren't planned shots. These are like candid shots from their own personal um, like social media stuff. Um, I I don't think any of those are, are placed. I'm sure Nintendo has sent out things like um, to Fallon and and all the late night hosts. Um, They've probably sent out games every time the big game hits. Um, But I'm, I'm seeing more and more on just general social media where you're getting um, hockey players, football players, wrestlers, um, movie stars that are just showing pictures of them having fun playing Switch while on a plane. Can't do that with any other console. And I think that's that's the huge uh, the huge difference here with the Nintendo Switch. That's a really good point. That they yeah. It's not like they can take their PS4 with them and, and hook it up on a plane. <laughs> well, unless they get one of those cool it's briefcase things. the lifestyle things. of the celebrities because they're always going places. They're always just out of the house. So Yeah, sense. exactly. A lot of people are saying that 2017 Nintendo is extremely different from Nintendo of the past. Do do you guys think that that has anything to do with um, Kimishima taking over for Iwata? Um, Josh, what do you think about that? You know, excuse me. I think that's a I think that's a good question. I mean, I and and it's it's something I'm you know we've we've heard people talk about too, but I a few things I've learned recently. Um, because it was Iwata's birthday on December sixth, right? So he he was yeah. kind of brought back up into the forefront, and uh, and so was going around social media uh, on Iwata. That I thought was very good. Yeah, and it basically, I mean, the the switch he 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 played a a part in it. You know, it it wasn't like this all came about after he passed. You know, he was he was he would have loved seeing this. You know, I think I think we still would have seen the same success because they had they had learned from the wii u and you know the the wii u you can see um you can see it all over the switch basically like i i would almost say that the switch is the system they wanted with the wii u and yeah. they just didn't quite the technology quite wasn't there yet off. yeah it just wasn't there and so i i don't want to say that um the new president isn't doing things right or doing things you know 
better or anything like that. I don't want to take away from from the success he's having, but I think we would still see a very similar situation whether Iwata had passed or not. I do agree that Iwata definitely had his hands on the switch and its design and you and I 100% agree that the switch is the f- foregone conclusion of the conversation that is what the Wii U was. But Nintendo's marketing has been so completely different than years past. Um, I think that in I think that that probably has a lot to do with how poorly the Wii U was marketed, and I almost feel like they've gone in with a, a machete and said we got to get people out of here and and get new people in charge of marketing here because it feels like a completely different. Uh, set of marketing people maybe i don't know if nintendo hired different people uh, but the marketing for the wii u and the switch have been completely different and the the only major change that i see there is iwata to kimishima and i'm not sure which surprises me because kimishima is a money guy you know he's he's a financial guy he definitely seems more like a businessman than Iwata was. I mean, Iwata was good at business. You know, he managed to steer the company through the DS and Wii era, like, very admirably. Uh, but he was he was a games-first person, and you could always tell that. Um, in terms of the Wii U marketing versus the Switch marketing, I honestly think it was more of a problem of the Wii U as a system than anything to do with how good their marketing was. Because it, how do you sell that thing, right? It was, a, it was a system of two halves. On the one hand, they wanted to appeal to the more hardcore crowd on the other hand they still wanted that blue ocean strategy and they were trying to find this balance in between and they never could decide and it was similar to the platform itself like the software never uh, realized the potential that it could have done and they never really knew what to do with it and eventually when they did get games that kind of work with it like Star Fox Zero and Mario Maker it was too late and everyone had ignored it already and it was already uh, often on the sunset so I don't know necessarily that they had too much trouble marketing the switch because the switch is such an easy device to market yeah i fully fully agree with that and i also think that a lot of what's happening with nintendo now is it's not necessarily because of kamishima um but it's probably related more to iwata passing um and and obviously that's kind of a morbid thought and i don't mean it in a good way or anything like that um but i think nintendo um, with Iwata there, he was definitely the guy in control. He was the guy steering the ship. Um, decisions were made um, out of Japan. It seems like this Nintendo is a little bit more open to hearing suggestions from Nintendo of America, Nintendo of Europe. Um, things like Super Bowl ads never happened before. All of a sudden, yeah. they're happening now. Um, things with um, game announcements um, being... Uh, on Twitter and on on their Nintendo Direct. Nintendo's done the Nintendo Direct before, but it seems like Nintendo's using a multi-pronged um, marketing th- um, strategy now, which they never really did so much before. Um, I mean, they they obviously, obviously had social media, but it seems like they're focusing more and, and, and using all the available channels to get the word out. And they're also doing things with um, co-marketing, um, doing serial, um, talking about a movie, doing the theme park, 
um, working on games with other people, giving Mario to another company to make a game. Um, all things that I don't think would have ever happened if um, they had a, a more conservative leader like Iwata leading the ship and controlling kind of everything that Nintendo was doing. Um, so maybe it's maybe it's not Kamishima um, directly, but it could be that he's more accepting to outside opinions and suggestions from other other people. Obviously, I, I'm not sitting in the boardroom, don't know what's happening, but it sure seems like that might be um, the possible reason to me. Awesome. So I guess the next topic is what do you guys think is the switch nintendo's best console um i'm going to start us off on this one and this is a tough question for me to answer because if you had asked me last year i would have said hands down the super nintendo was nintendo's best console i put so many hours and i i have trouble still picking that as my favorite console but, well, actually, I have trouble picking the Switch as my favorite Nintendo console, and I can't tell if that's because of my own nostalgia for the Super Nintendo or because the Super Nintendo was that great. Uh, so I'm really torn. Uh, my nostalgia pulls me toward the Super Nintendo, but my Switch I have poured so many hours to into in such a short amount of time. It is an amazing feat of engineering and uh, really well-designed and super fun to play. So I, th- I feel like Nintendo's best console is the Switch, but maybe not. Uh, I'm curious as to uh, what do you think, NBZ? Uh, so for me, the Switch is interesting because it is essentially a portable console, and I've always been someone who has preferred Nintendo's handhelds to their consoles. I am at heart a handheld person. Um, and so I think just de facto, it is my favorite console because I can just play it anywhere. Um, and it's just more natural for me. I spend a lot of my time like listening to podcasts and like having YouTube videos on in the background when I'm playing games. And so having something portably in front of me uh, is always an incredibly appealing thing. Um, on the other hand, there are things about the Switch that feel so un-Nintendo to me. Um, in terms of its interface and its uh, UI and its OS, and it's all snappy and clean and great. But to me, there's this almost weird, like cold remove to the Switch where there's a lack of personality to it. There's a lack of that Nintendo touch where on the Wii U, you'd have like the Warra Warra Plaza and you'd have Miiverse and you have all these just quirky, weird Nintendo things that, yeah, they're kind of badly implemented and they don't <laughs> work that well. But you know, the, the stuff like Pikmin, like carrying your data across, like transferring it. I always thought that they put a great charm and uh, care into their systems like that. And we're in a situation now with the Switch where there's not even eShop music, you know. Um, so it feels like Nintendo have appealed to a greater audience, but maybe at the expense of some of the things I like about Nintendo. Because I think before the Switch, I would have said the Wii U is my favorite Nintendo console, which is a very weird thing to say for people. But the Wii U was a system that, felt mine you know because not many people played it i had a weird ownership over the system i think and it was so weird and quirky and and strange uh and yet it gave me access to like play all these game boy advance games again on a big screen and um you know just a lot of great stuff that i enjoyed on wii u um so i think the switch is just overtaking it and it was probably yesterday because i was driving down to london in the back of the car and i was playing xenoblade 2 and time just evaporated. And that's when I realized like this system is is a thing that I am going to really love going forward because it was like the first time I'd properly traveled with it. And three and a half hours just 
disappeared in the blink of an eye. It was it was crazy. And as much as I like the 3DS, there's something about like the large screen of the Switch that really engages me um, and just lets me forget about everything else. So yeah, plus that screen on the Switch is fantastic. Just so good. Uh, Josh, what do you think, man? Man, that is such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for somebody who's a retro guy like you. Yeah, I don't know that I could have answered that before the Switch was out. Like, it's, I mean, obviously N64 Josh, right? I mean, I love the Nintendo 64. Um, but you have a relatively small library. The GameCube, I have so many fond memories of. And I really loved a lot of the games, the first party and the third party games, like Time Splitters and stuff. Like, I, 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 I loved that system. It was, uh, it felt like the underdog that would always kind of just kind of make jabs at the more powerful systems when you had games like Resident Evil coming out and stuff that just like, so it, it's, it's tough. It's a really tough question for me. Um, looking at the Switch, you know, and kind of talking about what uh, NBZ was talking about, how it's missing some of that Nintendo charm. I, I, I agree as a Nintendo fan, like, yeah, I kind of miss that. But at the same time, I feel like Nintendo is trying to grow up and make this appeal to a much larger audience. And um, not it's it's easy for for, you know, people that have grown up with Nintendo since the 80s, like people in their like mid 30s are like the main demographic. And then it's it's younger kids. And they're really trying to hit that middle in between like 14 to 35, like trying to hit that. And I think, I think they want to like shy away from stuff looking like a kid's toy. You know, I mean, think about the first ad we saw for the switch. There were, there were young adults playing it, you know, um, he was, he, he was walking his dog in the park and then there was the, the group of kids playing on the rooftop. Right. And, and the, the kids in the back of the van that were all, I mean, these were like teenagers or kid, you know, kids in their 20s so it's it is one of their best systems i don't i don't i can't i, I can't answer it. i'm sorry i'm probably gonna get kicked off the show um, <laughs> we'll never forgive I, you i, I know <laughs> one of the things i will say though is this it feels like nintendo is back and the switch has done something i've wanted a handheld console to do um since uh since the ds with when they made Metroid Prime Hunters, I'm a big first-person shooter guy. I love first-person shooters. You know, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, um, and then Halo, all that kind of stuff. We have twin sticks, and we have really good twin sticks on a handheld console. You know, playing Doom on this thing, which feels like a '90s shooter, felt so at home with a Nintendo controller in my hand. Playing, I mean, you know, whether it be handheld or with the Pro controller, it just feels like we're not going to just get first parties this this time you know and so knowing that this system definitely has the potential to be um nintendo's best console and uh and it's still quirky and innovative i mean the fact that you can take off the joy cons and do two player right there in a you know in a bar or you know at a family reunion or whatever sitting at a table whatever how crazy is that you know that's that's still like some crazy innovation from nintendo so um it, it's definitely up there, but I just don't know that I can dethrone <laughs> all my all my all my past consoles. <laughs> Only a year into the Switch, I think it is hard to like actually give it a proper um, justification because we don't know what's to come. Yeah, and event eventually, I think like once the generation is over, then we can probably uh, make a better decision. But 
it's hard, man, because it's it is very good. What do you think, Lloyd? Yeah, I kind of have to agree with with everybody. I, I, it's it's really tough to say that it's the best console. It's only it's only a year old. Um, I I personally, my favorite Nintendo console is the Super Nintendo, um, mainly because of nostalgia. I had some of my favorite memories, multiplayer RPGs, uh, run and gun, um, playing that console. I'm currently loving my Super Nintendo Classic and sharing some of those with my kids. Um, but I do think the Switch is, um, it, it's it, it's interesting um, that it's giving the ability to play Nintendo games to a whole bunch of people that maybe um, haven't or did not want to. Uh, so I think it definitely has the possibility to be Nintendo's best-selling console, um, best-loved uh, console, console with the most number ones. Um, but that is going to be something that we're going to be talking about in four, five, six years, um, not something we can really talk now. Um I do agree a little bit with, um, I believe NBZ said that the um, that it, it it's it's it feels a little bit cold um, where uh, Nintendo's normally the the happy go lucky and and fun console. Um, I hope some of that will come, uh, but not too much because you don't want to scare away any of the core uh, gamers. Um, but it definitely feels like a console that is half baked right now from uh, like. Oh, I guess we're going to get into uh, some other things in the future where maybe I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but it, it feels like the OS isn't quite there. Um, and hopefully, I mean, they're already on like 4.0 or whatever. So hopefully by, uh, I don't know, 13.0 or whatever, depending on how fast they're going to do this, we're going to get some of the features that are going to make the console a little bit more easy to use from just like an OS standpoint. Um, but the games that they've they've done on year one i definitely think this is the best year one for any nintendo console or handheld um they've just knocked everything out of the park so i think it'll always be known as that maybe the, the best year one for any console ever not even just nintendo it was a pretty fantastic year um overall you guys have all been talking a little bit about uh the great things about the switch uh but both nbz and uh, lloyd have brought up uh, s small things that they don't like. So I'm curious what you guys would change about the Switch overall. Um, Lloyd, let's go ahead and start with you. What would you change about the Switch? Um, sure. Uh, for me, I, I think the hardware itself is fantastic. I love it. Um, people complain it's not fast enough, that it's not 4K, yada, yada, yada. I think for a 1.0 release of the Switch hardware, um, I think the Switch from a hardware standpoint is is pretty much perfect for what I want. Um, but we need we need OS changes. We need we need more features. We need folders for organizing games. We need theme support. We need the ability to back up and restore saves. Um, I every day I turn on my Switch, I I have a I don't know sweat on the back of my neck, wondering if my save game's gone for Zelda that I put 150 hours into. Um, I would love to see trophy support. Um, I I was a huge trophy addict on the PlayStation and achievement guy on the uh, Xbox. I'd love to see that um, come um, a robust online system where you can get better sense of what people are doing on the system and connect to them on the system, um, not so much having to use like a phone app or anything like that. And of course, virtual console. Um, that's been for me, one of my favorite parts about Nintendo since the Wii has been the virtual console. And the fact that we don't have it almost a year into the Switch um, is kind of sad to me. I, I hope it's coming really soon, and I hope it's not just going to be um, the free games that we're going to get by signing up for the 
um, Nintendo Network um, when that becomes a paid service. I, I really hope Nintendo is going to go back and give us a, a proper virtual console that we can then um, play all of our favorites on the go on this awesome system of the Nintendo Switch. Um, boy, that's he he listed a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know if he left anything for the rest of us. MBZ, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> Is there anything uh, yeah. that you really uh, want to have changed or something that you want to expand on what Lloyd was saying? A lot of that list, I think that's just a lot of stuff that is is missing and, and needs to come. Uh, I have two very specific things. Uh, uh, I am an enormous fan of the activity log, specifically on the 3DS. Oh my God, yes. Um, it's incredible. It has such a great breakdown. There are charts, there are bar graphs. Like it's, as someone who likes to know how much I've been playing, you know, when I play, all that stuff, uh, it's my dream. And then the Wii U had a kind of slightly step down version of that. And the Switch is just awful. It's uh, they've improved it because it used to say before you played like less than five hours. Um, it used to say you played for a little while, and now it does in hour increments before the five hours. Uh, but it's still not good enough. Like I, if I can't tell if I played Zelda for a hundred or hundred and five hours, for me, you know, it seems stupid, but that matters to me. <laughs> you know, it's it's something that I I enjoy knowing, um, and so I really want them to actually get in gear and make that something better than what it is right now it's the, the nice thing that they've added is the fact that you can actually go and see how long your friends have been playing for i think that's a great addition uh but they definitely need to improve uh how you see your own breakdown and then the other thing which frustrates me is the wi-fi stuff on the switch uh not only is the wi-fi chip incredibly poor quality um but every time i turn it on i have to wait like at least 10 seconds for it to kick into gear and I understand that they are turning the Wi-Fi off because that's how the system works in terms of in sleep mode. The reason the switch lasts so long is because they're turning off all these settings and they're keeping it clean. Like I was absolutely shocked the first day I got my switch, went to bed that first night having played Zelda, woke up in the morning and the battery had gone down by 1%. And I was, I was staggered. I was like, that's incredible for that length of time. Not even my phone is able to like keep that much battery. And so from an infrastructural standpoint, they are definitely doing that for a reason, but it also infuriates me. Like, I just want to boot my Switch up and play a game of Rocket League, but I have to sit here and, like, wait for it to connect and then open up Rocket League and then wait for it to connect in the game properly. You know, there's this... The Switch should be a very pick-up-and-play device, but for online games, there is just a little bit too much um, leeway there between me and the game. Um, but, yeah, those are my nitpicks, I guess. <laughs> you know, you bring up a good point with the hours played. Um I have my we have two switches in my house, one for me, one for my son. And I have the parental controls app on my phone and it it gives me a very specific uh breakdown of what he's been playing and it's not like Nintendo does not have this data. It's just really odd that they decided not to surface it to the player. Uh because crazy. they uh, did it very people loved the previous ones so much. It just doesn't make much sense. And even with the parental controls app it doesn't give you a full breakdown of like total hours played because I used it for a while and I kept being like, I, I want to know total, like it just giving me increments basically. And man, it's, it's messed up uh, a lot of ways. What would you change, Josh? I think the biggest left. gripe that I hear from a lot of people is the, the voice chat, you know, and having to have all these extra cables and that extra device to then hook to your phone. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, but I can't imagine going to the park, setting up my hotspot, 
then hooking up my Splatoon headset, then my arrow-shaped uh, <laughs> amplifier, <laughs> then running all these like it's just that's not that's not okay. And and what's interesting is the the CEO of Discord has recently reached out to Nintendo and said we want to help. <laughs> so like, just let us help you. <laughs> yeah, like I'm really hoping that. I mean, could you imagine if Discord was integrated right into the Switch? I mean, it would be. I spent. On my, on my on my show, I spent ten minutes this week on one of my episodes uh, on a diatribe about how voice would be so much better if Nintendo would just partner with Discord and Discord would handle everything for them because Discord has done so much right in the voice and communications area that not only would it improve um, the experience for the player, it would also keep people invested because they would grab discord on their phone and they'd be members of the same discords on their phone as they were on the switch. And that would mean that they have that buy-in. There's reasons for them to come back because they're constantly talking to people over and over again. And, you know, they, they can open up their phone and say, Oh, look at that. NBZ is playing fire emblem. Uh, I want to see if we can uh, fight each other in fire emblem right now. So I'm going to send them a message on discord and then uh, just pick up the Switch and start playing. I think it would be amazing. I don't think Nintendo will ever do that, though. No, uh, no. Probably. Seems like they made their partnership with DNA to do that stuff. And I was excited when they announced that because I'm like, okay, finally, like a company who probably knows how to do this. And yet we've seen nothing from it. It seems like they've gone even further backwards. It's it's not only frustrating, it's just it's going to be bad for their bottom line if by next year they haven't sorted this out because they're going to ask us to charge for this service. And I'm not willing to give them my money if the service continues to be this bad. Um, so they really need to get their act together. Otherwise, they're going to be losing out on a lot uh, of people's money. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I kind of cut you off for a little bit there, Josh. Did you have something else to add? Uh, I mean, the only other thing is that I hope when they start charging for online that, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that they, they take a few notes from Xbox and PlayStation and say, okay, look, these guys are they're giving away you know, X amount of free games each month. I mean, Nintendo has the library to do that. I mean, how many of us have bought Super Mario Brothers like six times or ten times even if you start including like the NES Classic and that kind of stuff? Like, we've paid for this game enough, you know? Like, go ahead and offer that to... to I mean, that, that could, be a, it could be a great selling point for people that are um, getting back into Nintendo for the first time. Oh, I get Super Mario Bros. I mean... Even people that aren't gamers, you put Super Mario Brothers, the first game in front of them again, they're like, oh, I love this as a kid, you know, like that nostalgia just kicks in immediately. And so I, I hope we see and it seems like they're listening, which is that's a whole new thing for Nintendo also. Right. It seems like they're not just saying, no, no, we're doing it our way and you'll 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 come along or go away. You know, um, we were supposed to have this online thing in October and they pushed it to the beginning of the year and we still haven't really heard anything yet. So, you know, it, it really seems like they want to make sure that there's not the missteps that they've had in the past. And so, you know, hopefully, hopefully moving forward, we're going to continue to see Nintendo making, making good choices. I know we kind of, we talked about early on about it being their best, their best console, but you can look even last night, the, the PlayStation experience, the entire audience looked bored right like here's the company that's kind of on top right now sony in gaming and they're not announcing 
really anything. Microsoft's not really announcing anything. And so Nintendo needs to keep just dropping these bombs of, hey, this is coming out, this is coming out, and not get to that same point where they're, it looks like these other companies are kind of resting on their laurels. And um, I don't, I don't want to see Nintendo get there. I think that's something that comes with success is that these companies often, when they get to the top, they rest on their laurels, as you put it. Like, you know, when Xbox 360, Xbox 360 owned that generation. And then when Xbox One came out, they got toppled because they were resting on their laurels and they were making poor decisions, like trying to make it a set-top box instead of just being a gaming platform. And uh, now that Sony is, you know, top dog, they're making the big mistakes where uh, they don't want to play nice with Nintendo and Xbox in the crossplay with um, games like Minecraft or games like uh, Rocket League. So I think that that's a really good point. You bring up something else that's also very interesting. Uh, you know, we were, you were talking about that nostalgia, and a lot of people look at the Nintendo platforms and the virtual console, and they have so much nostalgia there. And nostalgia is something that is very, very monetizable. Um, it's very easy for somebody to sell you something that you played when you were a kid because you have all of these wonderful feelings when you had no responsibility and all you had to do was sit down and play uh, this plumber who jumped over turtles. So I'm curious as to when do you guys think we're going to see the virtual console or, or at least have an announcement about virtual console outside of the um, the paid system where we're getting, um, I think it's like Dr. Mario, Super Mario Brothers, and some other game, I can't remember what it was, um, for playing, paying our subscription. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Josh, let's start with you. You know, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a, a, a touchy subject because in one hand, you've got, you've got people that are like chomping at the bit to have virtual console, to have all these games. I kind of like the way they're doing it right now that they're waiting on just dropping all of their, um, all of the, the, the classic titles. I like that we're seeing these arcade classics. Mario Brothers, the game, the arcade archive, has so much more charm to it than the NES version does. And so I really appreciate seeing that arcade ROM on the Switch. That's that's something I've wanted to see for years because those those ROMs are better. There's no way around that. Almost in every instance, you know, don't get me wrong, games like Punch-Out and stuff on the NES are are a blast. But I mean, the arcade version just had more excitement to it. You know, it just had more going on. They, the NES couldn't compare to an arcade ROM. Uh, I, I want them to take their time on this and, and not just um, dump all of their classic games on to the system. One reason in particular is because of the indies. We're seeing such a strong indie support on the Switch, and we're seeing a ton of games. I mean, and a lot of developers at this point are like, "This is better than Steam because Steam has so much." It's not going to take t- it's not going to take too long before it's like the 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 Switch's eShop is like Steam because we're seeing so many indie titles come onto it. But you add the you add a virtual console on top of that, and indies are going to be the ones that really suffer. And I f- I feel like Nintendo is really um, pushing independent developers and wanting to see their content um, get in front of of switch gamers 
their their virtual console would cast a large shadow over over the uh, over that marketplace. And until that marketplace gets refined and becomes easier to find certain games and certain types of games and and just gets gets better. I think it's okay that we're waiting. I know that's probably not a real popular answer, but I, I think it's okay. I think you qualify it with uh, a lot of good points. Uh, what do you think, Lloyd? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a, as I said in my a diatribe about what the Switch is missing, um, I'm, I'm a little greedy, I guess, uh, talking about all the things. Um, the I, I, I love the virtual console. That was um, one of the one of the great memories from the Wii was bringing it over to the in-laws for Christmas and playing Super Mario Brothers, um, downloading that just before heading over and playing that with everybody. Um, so I, I absolutely love um, love the uh, the virtual console. Um, the fact that it's not on the Switch right now makes me really sad. Um, but to, to basically go on what, uh, what Josh is saying... Um, <clears throat> If they just do kind of what the arcade archives are doing now, where every every few days uh, or week or whatever you see new virtual console games just appearing in the uh, up the, or the upcoming games and also the currently released games, I think that's going to be a huge issue. What what I feel Nintendo needs to do is they need to launch the virtual virtual console app, which is its own separate thing. Um, you boot up into it and it looks like your NES Classic or your SNES Classic. And that will have the store that'll show you what you own. That'll show you games that are upcoming. That'll show you games that your friends are playing and have it be its own little thing outside of the eShop. Um, there might be a section in the eShop, but you don't want to make those games front and center. Um, but you want to make it uh, easy for people to um, to discover new games, uh, to see what their friends are playing and also to pick up and download and play games. Um as to when I think we'll see it, uh, I think we're going to have a um, we're going to have a uh, direct in probably January or February. That is probably going to have a um, uh, we're dropping these five games. These are the ones that you're going to get for paying for the online service. Um, so pay for the online service. You get these five, uh, and then we'll talk about um, what's coming um, summer um, before E3. We're going to plan this service. Um, at least that's kind of what I hope is happening. Oftentimes, my hopes and Nintendo's reality are, are often vastly different, though. Yeah. Um, and be said, I'm curious, are you in with Josh's camp where you think that it's good for uh, third parties to, to not be under the shadow of, of uh, Nintendo's virtual console? Or are you selfish like Lloyd, who wants everything for, for himself? Just kidding, Lloyd. Give it all to me. <laughs> I think Nintendo made the right decision out the gate not putting virtual console on there and i think a lot of people were annoyed by it but ultimately what they've done is they've engendered positivity to them from these smaller studios and also from the larger third-party publishers right because even something like doom and skyrim are gonna eventually have to compete with mario 64 and link to the past um and you know as a nintendo owner a lot of people will lean towards those classic games just naturally so the fact that they have given room in between their own first party spots for these other titles to shine i think was actually the smartest move they could have made uh, because now people actually care about the system and want to put stuff on it um and i do i do like lloyd's idea of having a separate app for the virtual console stuff it seems like a way to um cloister off from the eShop and to make it its own thing because right now what we have on the eShop is 
like the Neo Geo games that Hamster have been doing and Arcade Archives and even something like the Mega Man Legacy Collection, it seems like third-party publishers are finding other ways to sell their old games that are probably much more profitable for them than if they were to just be a part of the Nintendo PR, uh, you know, virtual console drop list for the week, right? When you release the Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2, that's going to do infinitely better than if you just release Mega Man 3 one week and then people forget about it. Um, not only because it's a better just value proposition, but because it's uh, more of a landmark. Like this is a physical cart you can buy as well as it just having everything on it. Uh, I think that they have found success doing that on other platforms anyway. So and Nintendo always had trouble like getting the right third parties on their virtual console services in the first place. There had to be a lot of deals and things going through. The one issue I think in terms of them getting games on the service is sure a subscription model or an app model could work. But my fear with that is that if they are kind of dripping out to you and not letting you choose, you're going to lose a lot of the deeper cuts, right? You're not going to see them put out something like Terranigma as a free game, for example, right? They're, they're going to put out The Link to the Past. They're going to put out Mario 64. Not, not free, but like part of this subscription online service. So that's where my worry comes in is like if you have these two approaches where one is uh, a kind of a drip feed subscription uh, and the other is third parties doing their own thing, you lose a lot of those virtual console games on Wii were great to have because they hadn't been around for so long and they were so obscure and forgotten. Um, so you'll get the big hitters, but losing the small things is what I worry about. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, I think that, that uh, you guys all have made really good points to this, but the thing that sticks with me the most is the idea that at the beginning, when Nintendo didn't say anything about the virtual console, I was really irritated because I was like, I want to have every Zelda with me in my backpack. Uh, really? You know, the selfish part of me wanted everything. Uh, but, you know, just what Josh was saying, how it like the virtual console shadow is very, very large and it looms over, you know, a lot of games that um, that I've played this year that have been really great experiences have been because I probably wasn't playing A Link to the Past for the 47th time. Um, what I would like to see is that subscription uh, service, the drip feed, as uh, NBZ calls it. Um, I would love to see that, but I think in addition to that, what Nintendo ought to do is take uh, basically an image of their NES Classic and their Super Nintendo Classic and put it on a cartridge and sell that cartridge in a store for 60 bucks, and I can walk into the store, get this Super Nintendo Classic cartridge, plug it into my Switch, and play those games there, especially because they had such a hard time getting those systems onto shelves. And then they could do the NES Classic 2, where they bring out another set of games. Instead of reselling me the same games that I bought 28 times, sell them as a package, and uh, I love the interface of the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic. They're really, really great. Uh, the music is good. It's an NERD nerd who worked on, on those systems. They do a, a great job of not only the emulation, just the packaging of it as well. Oh, yeah. The, the packaging and emulation is really, really great, and I love the extra options that are available uh, as when you're playing it, like the save states and stuff like that. I think it'd be great if instead of Virtual Console, maybe get rid of the name Virtual Console altogether and just bring Nintendo Classics or, you know, the classic yeah. moniker as cartridges that you can buy or games that you can download off of the eShop as a package. I think that that would be uh, really cool. 
Absolutely. Uh, if I'd had uh, the option to buy the cartridge instead of buying a Super Nintendo Classic, I would have got it on my Switch, no questions asked. Yeah, um, same here. What, you, what were you preferable. about? Oh, I'm sorry, Zed. All right, what were oh, you going to say, Josh? My hand was cutting out a little bit, so I, 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 if I'm saying something somebody already said, forgive me. One of the things they talked about with the new, um, with the new online program is that there's the potential to have online with some of these classic games and, and reworking those games. I think it'd be great. I mean, could you imagine doing a multi-stream of Super Mario World with uh, playing two-player? We, like we could, you know, one of us could set up and do that, or or playing Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo, hmm. but having you know having multiplayer, maybe even more than more than just two-player because of you know having the the online option where you all have your own screen. That to me would also make the virtual console much more valuable. Right. That those having adding some online components because in RJS, you said it, you're like, I just want to know I have those games in my backpack. How many times do we buy those games, play them for about five minutes? And then we're just as Nintendo fans, we just like knowing they're there. Yeah, it's like a security blanket. (laughs) Right. But the fact that they're not there means we're not spending our money on it and we're buying stuff like Golf Story and Stardew Valley and that kind of stuff. And so I think um I think overall, like I said, I think it's a it's a good choice. But uh, I, I'm personally, because I have a Wii with all these games, this virtual console games on it. I have a Wii U with all these virtual console games on it. And I have a 3DS with all these virtual console games on it. Uh, I personally, I'm like, do I need to buy this all again? And am I going to get charged full price again? It's, it's uh, I don't know. I, even my nostalgia is like, come on, come on. Your nostalgia's wallet is is uh, starting to feel the burn. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> All right, so it's been a fantastic year. We've had a lot of really great games to play. Um, favorite game this year? Uh, it it doesn't mean it's the game of the year, but what is your favorite game of the year? And NBZ, why is it not Fire Emblem? <laughs> uh Fire Emblem Echoes is a really good game. Um, I I enjoyed it a lot. It's such a shame it came out in 2017 because it's I'm struggling to fit it into my top ten is what I'm going to say, uh, and that's hard because like it, I think it was like such a, a great remake of of a game that no one had played before really uh, because it was Japan exclusive and, and old. Uh, but it's not my favorite game. Uh, my favorite game is Breath of the Wild, uh, and I think it's the favorite for a lot of people this year. But it's and I feel like it's cliche to say so, but Breath of the Wild, because it did something that I haven't felt since I was sitting in, uh, you know, my grandparents' bathroom, having woken up at six in the morning playing Pokemon Blue for the first time. There is a magic to Breath of the Wild that is somewhat indescribable. I, it, I like the the stories that get told out of that game, the adventures that I have feel so tangible uh, and so magical that it's. It's like we talk about games in this certain language, and you know the graphics are good and the combat feels nice and all this sort of stuff. I don't think there are words to aptly describe the feeling that Breath of the Wild gave me while I was playing it. Uh, it is special on another level. I think it is. It's an incredible innovation for the open world genre. Like, like it absolutely takes that. Like Nintendo's first real crack at an open world game, and they reinvent the book. Uh, it's astonishing that they managed to do that. Uh, and I, I adore it. I think it is. It's one of the greatest games I've ever played. Um, it's hard to say that because it came out like six months ago, but like that's how I feel about it. It's incredible. 
Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. Uh, It's my game of the year. It is my favorite game. I feel like it might be my favorite game of all time, which is crazy to say, and exactly you nailed it. It's it's hard to say that because it just came out, it feels like. Um, And you are 100% correct when you say that there is a magic that happens when you are in the exquisitely crafted world that is Hyrule. And as, pardon me, as I'm walking around there, you just lose yourself. And, you know, you're, you're trying to accomplish one thing, but 28 different things distract you as you're trying to accomplish that thing. And it makes everybody who play the game, every single person I feel like has their own story with the game. I feel like you can't spoil the the game that is Zelda because everybody's everybody's journey is very very different and that magic that you're talking about is something like I haven't played Zelda in probably 2 months or so uh, I've got 200 hours into that game and yeah. uh, I haven't played it in in about 2 months and um when it first came out it came out in March and Horizon Zero Dawn also came out like that same time frame and I played Zelda first cuz like I'm a big days before I think yeah 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 um, I played, I played Zelda first. And then when I went to try and play horizon zero dawn and I couldn't climb over every single thing that I felt like climbing over, I was very, very frustrated. And so I put that game away and I didn't touch it again until last month. Yeah. And last month I was playing it and I was like, man, I am having so much fun with horizon zero dawn. And then the DLC for uh, Zelda dropped and I was like, Oh, I'm looking forward to playing that. And somebody in my Twitch channel was like, um, oh, yeah, well, now Horizon Zero Dawn is going to frustrate you again. And it's because the magic that is Breath of the Wild, not to take anything away from Horizon Zero Dawn, but Breath of the Wild is just so amazing that it makes yeah. everything else just pale in comparison. Um, so I, I don't think that, that you and I are going to be alone in saying that Breath of the Wild is our favorite game this year or game of the year. I mean, it just won game of the year at the Game Awards. Um, I did, indeed. Josh, what what's your favorite game this year? Oh man! It, and why it, isn't it Mario Kart? <laughs> I love that it's such a hard answer, right? It's so hard to answer that question because there's so many good titles this year on the on the Switch. Uh, Zelda is amazing. You can't you can't take anything away from that game. I would play through that game on stream and have other people go, I did what you just did completely different and you just did it the easy way or you know i would finish they're like you know you could have done it this way and i'm like oh yeah i didn't even think about that you know so being the fact that we can you know at one point i needed to connect uh, electricity between two points so instead of getting the the items that they had hidden in the map, I just dropped all my metal on the ground and just linked it all together so that it just <laughs> it, it would complete the circuit for me, you know. To- I've never done anything like that in a game before. It's always like go to point A, do objective, come back to point B or what you know what I mean? Like you always solve the problem in exactly the way the developer wanted you to solve the problem. Yeah, most of the time, right? It's very rare that it would be different. And so the fact that we could do that, I mean, Zelda's awesome. Uh, Mario Odyssey, I had a smile on my face the entire time I played that game. Like, I felt like it was um, just such a, a, 
just like a love letter to the Mario fans, you know, like so many different things. I mean, I love Super Mario Brothers 2. I know it's not everybody's favorite, but I just have so much nostalgia for that. As soon as I saw in Odyssey that you could pull a radish and put it above your head, I was like, oh my gosh, this is something so minuscule. But like, I just feel like they pointed to so many of the past games and uh, just kind of, you know, just a little, just nod the hat a little bit. You know what I mean? Like just a little tip of the hat. And uh, um, so if you're going to make me choose... I think I'm going to choose Mario, but it, not to take anything away from Zelda because I really, I really just love both those games. All right, uh, Lloyd, what did you pick? Um, early on, uh, after playing Zelda, um, I, I had said that it's going to be almost impossible for a game to 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 change that for me. Um, Zelda is up there. Um, I've said a couple times on my show, excuse me, that it's up there in my top three games of all time. Um, it's the experience that I had playing Zelda. Um, I've not had with many games, um, just the sense of, of awe and, and the fact that uh, like you could literally go anywhere and do anything, um, for a Zelda, which, um, I've played most of them and, and beat most of them and enjoyed everyone that I've played. Um, they're always very linear. You're, you're going to um, dungeon A to get item B to open dungeon C. Um, this game was not that. It was do anything um, however you want or don't do it at all. Um, there's speedruns I watched where they're trying to beat Ganon without, with, with only beating the first four shrines and basically no upgrades, and they're trying to beat the game. Um, <clears throat> not really something that you could have with any other Zelda game. So um, Zelda is definitely my my number one game of the year. It's my, my favorite Nintendo game of the year. It's my favorite game that came out this year, um, which is so unfair to all the other amazing games that came out in 2017. Um, the fact that Zelda and Mario came out on Nintendo systems um, is, is kind of tough to the Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawns and, and the Wolfenstein 2s and Nier Automatas and, and all those other amazing games that came out in 2017. But they're all, sorry, you're all being overshadowed by the juggernaut that is 2017 Nintendo. That's, that's fair. Um, so what do you think is your biggest disappointment then this year, Lloyd? Biggest disappointment. Oh, man. I, I saw that in the show notes and I've been trying to think about it. Um, it it's it's really tough. Like, I, I don't think I really have that much of a disappointment on the Nintendo console. I, I'm a little bit upset that I can't back up my save games, um, but that's not really a disappointment. Uh, I think I'm disappointed that I didn't get arms when it first came out, but that's on me. That's not on the game at all. Um, I, I think I, I'm I'm a little bit a little bit disappointed that um after Sonic Mania, um, the the other Sonic game was so poor because my kids uh, really got into Sonic the Hedgehog in 2017 because of Sonic Mania. And um, looking at all the videos for all the other so- Sonic stuff, it's it's kind of sad. Um, th- that's all I can really think of. And, and that just shows how amazing of a year uh, Nintendo had with this little console called the uh, Nintendo Switch. He totally stole mine. Sonic Forces was going to be my big, biggest disappointment. Right. I, I didn't buy it, but I played the demo, and the demo was hot garbage on a stick. And after <laughs> playing Sonic Mania, which I adored that game, like there are people who watched me do a four-hour stream of the same level over and over and over, just trying to get the best time that I can 
that that game was so great. And then to have Sonic Forces just fall so far from what Sonic Mania was, I was just so I was I was crushed because I love I loved the 2D Sonic games. And I was never a huge fan of the 3D games. But when I played Sonic Mania, I was like, maybe Sega's got it again. But I don't think that they do. Um, NBZ, do you have uh, any big disappointments this year? Games that you thought were going to be great that you just didn't love? So I'm not sure I have like any major disappointments on the Nintendo front. The game that probably disappointed me the most uh, is Splatoon 2, uh, which is, you know, people love Splatoon and I love the first Splatoon. Um, the sequel just wasn't enough for me. Uh, it is definitely, it feels like, and I know people like complain about whether it's a port or not and all that stuff. And I don't, it, you know, there's new stuff. It's, it's not a port clearly, but it feels like it started life that way. You know, the fact that the entire online infrastructure is note for note, the exact same, that they didn't fix any of the issues until just now. They've let you uh, switch your weapons uh, when, when you're in a lobby, which is a great addition. Finally, listening to people about that. Um, but th- there's something about it that just felt too familiar and too similar there wasn't enough that differentiated it and made it stand out i think that was more exemplified in the single player campaign where i was incredibly disappointed with that i thought it was frustrating there were levels that i found poorly designed and just not fun to go through uh stuff with trial and error was just i didn't enjoy uh and ultimately just very disappointing uh as as a single player experience but splatoon for me has never been about that it's it's more a multiplayer thing Uh, and i enjoyed playing multiplayer still it's still the same game it's still good fun um but yeah if i had to say one it probably would be that uh, because it didn't really live up to it it felt more like a traditional like animal crossing or pokemon sequel where it's like this thing sold well let's just do the same thing again Uh, and i don't like those types of sequels out of nintendo i like when they're bold and they do different things so do you feel like um you would have enjoyed splatoon 2 or maybe your tune would tune would have changed on splatoon 2 if they had built-in voice and you could communicate with other players uh much easier than you could in the current iteration of splatoon 2 i don't i honestly don't think splatoon is really a game unless you're playing at a higher level that you need to make that kind of uh, interaction work uh, like you have the the shortcuts where you can be like oh come here or go over there and that's fine uh, the level of play I was playing at wasn't a big deal and if I wanted to like talk to Bali and, and play with him we'd just get on Skype or Discord or whatever and, and just do it that way so it was it wasn't really something that impacted me I see it as a problem for a lot of people but uh, yeah that that what didn't influence my decision it was more like the single player stuff that really bummed me out about that game uh, Josh what do you have any big disappointments for uh, from Nintendo this year? Uh, there's not like anything like like glaring from Nintendo itself. The only thing that's disappointing for me is the fact that we don't have any Mario Kart DLC. Is the that's a huge disappointment for me. Um, but other than that, everything's been everything's been so much fun. I mean, I've enjoyed games like Arms and Splatoon and everything. Nothing, you know. You've got some, you've got some questionable indie titles like the Troll and I, that kind of stuff. But I mean, um, nothing... I'm not sure you can count that as a disappointment, though. Like there are some of these games that come out, you you look at them and you're like, mm, yeah, that's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, if if I had to like, if I had to try to pick something, it would just, be, I would, I would love more Mario Kart DLC, just because uh, the battle mode is awesome. I'm, I'm I'm really glad that's there now, but man, I would love I would love more 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 tracks for uh for eight deluxe. Well, um, 
you know, I, I was talking about this the the other day on my show or yesterday on my show. Um, the as far as Mario Kart DLC, first off, I think if they did Mario Kart DLC this year, a lot of people who had Wii U's would be really ticked off about this because, um, you know, we already bought Mario Kart Eight on the Wii U, and then we bought the DLC on the Wii U, and then when it came to the Switch, we bought everything again. And if they had DLC this year, I think that a lot of those people would be upset. I wouldn't be, but a lot of people would be. Uh, So I think that we're probably going to be seeing Mario Kart DLC next year. And I almost guarantee that it's going to include Link's new motorcycle. Mm. I'm not sure uh, when it comes to more Mario Kart DLC. Honestly, I, I think that they've just moved on to the next game at this point. Because the fact that they had the opportunity to bring Deluxe over was more of convenience than anything. And I think they have the window to do a second Mario Kart on this console generation that is somewhat different and distinct. And uh, on your note about Link's motorcycle, I think now is the time to smash a fire and to bring everyone else in and to make it a much bigger deal. Um, and honestly, that would get me on board because I didn't buy Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I, I played that for 50 hours on Wii U and I didn't see a need to buy it again. It was it was the same game to me and I already had all the DLC. So if you wanted someone like me to buy the game, I think they should just cut their losses and do a new thing. Although, understandably, I'm in the minority, so they may well go ahead and, and do more. Yeah, I, you're, I, you're definitely in the minority because there are only 13 million Wii U's sold. And um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe sold like gangbusters. It sold really, really well uh, when it came out. And the, the thing about if they if they are going to make another Mario Kart game on this generation... It's certainly not going to be next year, and it probably won't be the year after that, so it probably wouldn't be until 2020. Uh, you know, they got to have time to do it. And how how can you... I guess when I look at it, I mean, already you can drive on walls, you can fly, you can go underwater, you can drive on ceilings. What is it that they can add to Mario Kart 9 to make it worth another $60 investment when they could just add more tracks add more characters, add more cars for a much lower cost to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, that's just the way that I look could at do. it. I just think that like they need to be more creative with that series because I think a lot of people will say that Double Dash is their favorite because it was weird. You know, you had the giant like items and you had the two-player co-op. It was, it was, It's one of those Mario Kart games that stands out from the others because it is so different. And I think they've really just gone the course with a lot of these other games and they have not innovated like where is the mission mode from ds again like i want something bold and different from mario kart and i think they've just been it sells gangbusters and that's the same with animal crossing and pokemon and those are the series they change the least because they sell that much uh but i just really want them to do something different i think the switch offers them the opportunity to do that because they've gotten a port of the older game out so early so i think they have room in this uh, life cycle to do another one later but we'll see. That's a good point. Um, what are some hidden gems? Like uh, you, you guys all have Nintendo podcasts. We 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 play a lot of games. And uh, what are some of the eShop hidden gems that you've played this year that uh, you really really like that maybe people have overlooked, especially as we've had weeks in 2017 where we've had like 20 games drop on the eShop all at once. And people are like, I don't even know what to look at. There's so much stuff. Uh, so uh, we'll start with NBZ. What, do you, what, do you, what are some of your hidden gems? 
so I think my first one is the second game I actually bought for my Switch um, because I wasn't super interested in ARMS. And as I said, I didn't buy Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So I basically just had Zelda for the first couple of months of the system. Uh, and in the summer, a game came out on the eShop called Mighty Gunvolt Burst, uh, which is made by Inti Creates, a studio who I think worked on Mighty Number no. 9. Uh, and it's, it stars Beck from Mighty Number no. 9. And this, honestly, this is the game that Mighty Number no. 9 should have been. If they had released this game, no one would be annoyed with Inafune and with uh, Concept and all that stuff. It would have not been a disaster because, quite honestly, this is just a really good Mega Man game. Uh, it's basically, it, the way it differentiates itself is you have this kind of um, this set of conditions where you can uh, add modifications to your guns to make them like do different things like a wave beam style thing and have like fire element added to it and you basically build up this arsenal as you go along going through kind of eight boss levels and then through the end it's it's a similar structure to Mega Man, but it's got great pixel art it looks fantastic on the switch's handheld screen uh and this is the game they should have made <laughs> honestly uh and it's you know it was it was like less than 10 pounds it was a really good deal and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's uh, it's definitely one that I don't think people talked about at all because there are a lot of eShop games I played that a lot of people did talk about because they were the big ones. Uh, that's the the deepest cut uh, for me personally that I picked up and I was like, I really enjoyed this thoroughly. All right. Uh, Josh, what about you? What hidden gem are you uh, very, very happy that you picked up? Uh, I'm going to throw out two and I'm going to throw them out for the very fact that they were um, played between my wife and I and or with my kids um, at extent, which was uh, snipper clips, which is which is stellar and overcooked, which uh, probably has the most time for an indie game on my system as far as uh, for us playing as a family. Like it's challenging. You're trying not to get frustrated with each other. You're running into each other. It's just, it is an extremely good time. You can play it with the joy con sideways if you want so that you, you know, easily get more, more people involved and, uh, just a ton of fun. And, uh, Lloyd. Um, yeah, I think probably the, the, the biggest hidden gem for me, um, is wonder boy, the dragon's trap. Um, I played this game originally when it came out on the Sega Master System. Uh, I played all the Wonder Boy games, loved, loved, loved them. And for them to take a game that was kind of, I don't know, kind of obscure, um, kind of convoluted in, in so many ways, and give it a nice coat of paint, uh, the new graphics, the, the new look, the new sound, uh, the ability to switch back and forth between the classic um, sprites or the new hand-drawn stuff, um, and, and just to add some features to make the game a little bit more um, palatable to a 2017 gamer, um, I can't say enough good things about um, Wonder Boy The Dragon Trap. Um, the developers have come out and said that they've sold more copies on the Switch um, than any other console, um, any other version. I think it was combined, um, but they've only sold 100,000 copies, which to me is it's, it's almost a crime. Uh, this game needs to be um, downloaded and played by a lot more people. It is a fun retro um, RPG with a cool shapeshift mechanic where you have a whole bunch of different characters that you can switch to um it's it's very much a metroidvania where you unlock a new power so you can get to new areas of the map um one of the one of the best um experiences that i've had from an indie on um on the switch even though it is a game that essentially came out in like the 90s but um yeah love uh love the heck out of uh, wonder boy the dragon's trap awesome for me um it has been heroes which is weird because 
I, I, I loathe GameStop and it's published by GameStop and, mm. uh, it's also on other platforms and it's also something that came out in a physical copy, but I think it got overlooked because it came out. It was, it was a st- os- essentially it was a launch game. Like I think it came out like a week after launch or something like that. And you know, it obviously got drowned out by Zelda. I think it was a good move on the part of Nintendo uh, and uh, other publishers to not put things up against Zelda when it came out. And a lot of people looked at the launch titles for the Switch and they're like, well, it doesn't have anything. And I know that if I were a, a third-party developer, I wouldn't want to go up against Zelda. Um, but Has Been Heroes is this really amazing uh, roguelike action strategy game. And I, I, I looked at it and I was like, well, it looks cool. I don't know if it's for me. And I, I have to say the tutorial in the game is terrible and it, they do a very bad job teaching you how to play. But if you learn how to play this game, it can be infinitely fun and uh, really, really satisfying to uh, pull off uh, a, a win by the skin of your teeth uh, by getting that last spell at exactly the right time. Uh, so has been Heroes is a game that I think gets overlooked a lot, but I had so much fun playing it. Uh, did any of you guys play that game? Didn't. It's a Frozen Bite game, right? They made the Trine series. Yeah, yes. And I think they actually just dropped DLC that lets you play the Trine heroes in in the game. I'm I'm a huge fan of Trine 2. Uh, I think that game's fantastic, but I, I haven't checked this one out yet. Well, just, just to be warned, it's incredibly difficult, uh, so be prepared to die often. <laughs> I, I think I, this is a a game I could have put for my biggest disappointment. I, I totally forgot about this game. I was so hyped for this. I watched all of the developer streams that they did um, after E3. I was so excited for it. I played it and I tried, man. I, I tried so hard to to like this game and just not a game that I could get into. It's, it, it's, it's very much a punishing game that likes you to hate yourself. Um, and <laughs> for the Switch to be such a joyful machine for me in many ways uh this was just such a a stark contrast to that and eventually after a couple days of trying to get into it and and not getting much past um unlocking one other character i was like yep that's it um it's been it's been in my game case and i have not popped it back into my switch since fair enough we'll have to disagree there and uh, we can't be (laughs) friends anymore but that's okay um (laughs) What do you guys think is your biggest surprise this year? I mean, this year was was laden with a lot of surprises. So we've got a lot to choose from. But what is your biggest surprise uh, for? It might be a game that you didn't expect to like as much as you did or an announcement where you were completely taken aback. Um, I'll start with Josh. What what surprised you the most from Nintendo this year? Oh, that's a, uh, again, all these questions are so good. There's so many surprises this year, right? I mean, we're talking about the Switch being Nintendo's best console. I mean, that's a, that's a surprise in and of itself. Um, the fact that I'm seeing uh, uh, Skyrim, Doom, on a Nintendo console, like, relevant, mature games. I don't even know, like, what year is this? You know, Nintendo's back on, there's a Nintendo serial again. Like, are we back in, like, 89? Like what is what what is going on right now? Um, yeah. But I think honestly, my the biggest surprise for me would probably be Mario plus Rabbits. That game um, it has so much Nintendo charm. It, it, it's fun. It's challenging. Seeing the the developers and the 
the crew behind it and the passion that went into it, um, that that game is definitely one of uh, one of one of my biggest surprises. Awesome, awesome, Lloyd. Yeah, I have to agree with Josh there. He totally stole my idea, which is which is good because I've been stealing everybody's ideas uh, all, all show. <laughs> um, Mario Plus Rabbids it was by far my biggest surprise. I heard the rumors. Um, I don't know, a year, a year and a half ago that this was happening. And I was like, no, there is no way this is ever going to happen. Uh, and then it got closer and there was more rumors. And I'm like, this is just people making junk up on the Internet to to troll people. And then the announcement happened or actually before the announcement happened, we saw the leaked slides. And I'm like, OK, this is real. I what? That doesn't make sense. And then it happened at E3 it was showed off. And I'm like, there's no way this is going to work. Um, picked up the game played it and i don't think a smile left my face for the whole time i was playing this video game it it is it was just so fun um the fact that nintendo trusted ubisoft to to bring nintendo characters to life with rabbits um who were the butt of so many jokes for so many years on different podcasts i'm not going to name any of the podcasts um they might be ones that i host um <laughs> that it actually worked um was just so amazing to me um the fact that there's dlc coming out like i i'm i didn't buy the season pass um but they're saying that there's a new story content um um thing coming out for it and if it if it turns out to be something that looks interesting i'll gladly drop the 20 bucks and pick up the the season pass for it it's a game that shouldn't work but it was a game that was one of my favorite games of the year uh before we get to mbz i'm just curious um you know both josh and lloyd picked mario plus rabbits um i think that what they did with e3 where they leaked the information ahead of time you know the game won the game awards um strategy game of the year do you guys think that was a was a strategic leak where they leaked it to lower expectations so that they could blow us away uh when they announced it i'd like to think so um i've i've heard some interviews that said that the the morale in the office was the never lower than when all this stuff started leaking out. Um, so I, I want to think that it probably wasn't. Um, but if it was, and all of the talks that have happened after, um, were just them telling stories that was kind of genius marketing from, uh, from Ubisoft. I, I definitely don't think it was deliberate. Like the director of this game, Davide Soliani, he's such a genuine person. Like you could see that when like the tears started welling up during the E3 thing for him. Um, and I did read you know, similar stuff where like everyone was very down on themselves because of the negative things that were being said on the internet. Um, it's interesting because I'm not sure I would qualify Mara Plus Rabbids as a big surprise for me because I was tipped off to it a little earlier. And I was also told that it was a strategy style game so i was actually expecting it to be kind of good weirdly enough as opposed to everyone else um you know it turned out to be great anyway so so what did surprise you nbz uh so i think in terms of announcements the thing that just shocked me into sheer stunned silence was doom and wolfenstein 2 coming to the switch i think that's one of the biggest announcements for a nintendo platform in the last decade uh it's absolutely ridiculous and i still kind of don't believe it's real even though doom is on the eShop and i can buy it right now I still kind of don't believe it's real. Um, yeah, Bethesda support the Switch is nothing short of just gobsmacking to me. Um, and I hope they continue to, to support because it seems like they found a good partnership there with Nintendo. Um, in terms of games, uh, I think that my biggest surprise is probably Metroid Samus Returns um, in terms of how good it was because that game was announced and I was not a fan of the way it looked. I heard that Mercury Steam were making it 
and my initial joy of a new 2D Metroid was completely cut down because this was a remake of Metroid 2, which we already got a fan game for in 2016 that was astonishingly good. AM2R is just an incredible game. Um, and it's made by this developer who made a 2D Castlevania on 3DS that was not very good at all and people did not like. Uh, so I was incredibly worried about this game. I, I did not trust the developer. I did not like the art style. I was just very down on it. Um, and the first hour or so, I was also very down on the game. But the more I played it, the more it just shone through as a Metroid experience. And they nailed a lot of things that Metroid, 2D Metroid does nail. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it by the end. So the fact that they impressed me with the 2D Metroid is something that I, I feel was a big surprise to me. Because from initial impressions, I did not expect that. Yeah, for me, I mean, I haven't touched Metroid uh, on the 3DS because I haven't touched my 3DS. I just can't bring myself to look at that horrible screen uh, after looking at the beautiful screen that's on the Switch, which was the the biggest worry that I'd have is that the Switch wouldn't have a good screen because Nintendo's traditionally picked really cheap screens for their systems. Um, But I really want to play that game, and I hope it someday gets ported to the Switch where I'll I'll actually take a chance on it. Um, my biggest surprise this year, I think, is ARMS. Um, when I, w- I was excited for it, uh, but I did not expect to like it nearly as much as I did. I have had so much fun playing ARMS, and I know that I, I feel like, you know, we go back to disappointments. I think one of my biggest disappointments is the order in which Nintendo released their games this year. I think that ARMS really got buried by Splatoon 2 because they're both multiplayer games than they released within three weeks of each other. And ARMS is a fantastic fighting game. I've had so much fun playing it. And I'm not really a fighting game guy, but um, I think that they've done a great job on that series. And uh, it, it totally surprised me, but I was just disappointed that it came out only three weeks before Splatoon 2 because everybody picked it up and was playing it, and then immediately they forgot about it because Splatoon is just such a juggernaut, It's which is pretty impressive. And it, was, it was sandwiched between Mario Kart and Splatoon, so it was like these two multiplayer enormous games, and you have arms kind of sandwiched in the middle. It didn't do it any favors, I don't think. No, I, I that's exactly my point. Yeah, it, it, it was just completely misplaced, and I almost feel like they would have been better off having just held on to arms for six months or maybe even wait until 2018 to bring it out. Uh, But, you know, other things that are a big surprise is just how awesome Nintendo is at new intellectual property. For a long time, people have, that's been one of the, the complaints and criticisms that people have levied at Nintendo saying, oh, all you ever do is put out Mario and Zelda games. You never innovate. You never change. Well, I don't think anybody ever says they don't innovate, but you never change things up and and do new IPs. And, you know, Splatoon and ARMS are fantastic, fantastically designed characters uh, that just take the cake as far as character design and uh, bringing about new IPs and making them successful is clearly something Nintendo is fantastic at. Uh, let's move on, though, to the our, our favorite announcements for 2018. And this could be an announcement that has been made or one that you're totally, ex- that you are expecting to come. And um, we'll start with Lloyd here. Lloyd, what do you think is going to be uh, your, your big 2018 thing from Nintendo? Uh, I think uh, for me, it's going to be um, the free virtual console games um, that are coming 
uh, with the paid online announcement. And, and I've talked about Virtual Console a lot, I know, um, but not not just because they're Virtual Console games, but the thought of playing online multiplayer with some buddies that I've never been able to sit down on the same couch and have a beer and some some fun. Um, the fact that we're going to be able to do that on the Switch um, makes me very, very excited. Um, Josh mentioned the whole streaming thing. That's going to be fun as well, being able to do two face cams and one one screen of super mario worlds um and and two people making fun of each other while you play is going to be so much fun i am so so excited for that i hope it doesn't get canceled i hope i hope it turns out to be something decent but for me um that is most what i'm looking forward to in 2018 mainly because all the games that they've announced um that i mean they're good uh, yoshi and kirby i love yoshi and kirby but they're not like the the megaton bomb drops um of other some of other nintendo's franchises so uh for me virtual console maybe that uh so mine is a game that's already been announced and we got a demo for uh that's project octopath traveler uh that game i am incredibly excited for uh, and i hope it comes in the first half of the year not the second um looks like they're taking a lot of feedback on board square enix are and uh i i can make an argument that that game has the best music of the year despite it being a demo you know like it it really blew me away not only with the art style and, and the music and all that stuff but i think it's just a very it's a very well realized world and taking uh, an idea of you know a classic japanese rpg and giving it a modern look that alludes to nostalgia but also is pushing things forward in terms of just a completely different thing unlike anything i've ever seen before um i think the voice acting is fantastic like the characters are incredibly endearing and uh, I'm looking forward to see how that game shakes out because it is absolutely one of my most anticipated games on Switch next year. Uh, and the fact that it's exclusive and like it, it just looks so good on the screen, uh, just very, very excited for that game. Yeah, that game is gorgeous. Uh, of everything that got shown at E3, that was the game that I said looked the best. And it doesn't have the best graphics, but it, I feel like it has the best art design. Yeah. Um, Josh, what, what, what are you looking forward to most in 2018? Oh man, I would say that, uh, and we don't know, all we've seen is the announcement from E3, but Metroid Prime 4, I'm so, I'm so excited for, but I do have some high expectations for it. I really, I want to see this game become Nintendo's Halo, you know, like, like Halo was amazing back in the, the original Xbox and the 360 and stuff. I would love to see this be a like a like actually use both the sticks, you know, be a traditional first person shooter, but still have as far as control wise, but have the amazing, you know, exploration and everything we expect for a Metroid Prime, but also have a, a, a good multiplayer. That's that's just I mean, that's what I'm hoping for that. That would be that would be amazing for me. Don't know that it's coming out in 2018. All we've seen is the little uh, the little teaser. Right. So. You totally stole mine. That's the one that I was going to go with is Metroid Prime 4. But I guess instead, since Josh is a dirty, dirty thief, um, yeah. <laughs> I'll go with third parties. I am really looking forward to seeing what third parties are going to do on the Switch this year. In the past, I feel like third parties on Nintendo platforms have just done shovelware. And with the Switch... There's been a lot of third-party games that I've seen that don't feel like shovelware. It looks like they are taking into account the specific th the things that make the Switch different uh, and capitalizing on that. And I think that one thing that really helps is the fact that the control scheme that Nintendo has built into the system 
is almost um, par for the course for the other systems too. So it makes it a lot easier for third parties to bring a game over. But when I say third parties, I'm not talking about ports of games that we already have. Uh, I I would really like to see more third-party games that come over that are unique to the Switch or that are Switch first and then maybe ported to PS4 and Xbox One afterwards. Um, So I guess since Josh stole Metroid Prime 4, which I can't believe he did, I totally predicted that because he's a a (laughs) first-person shooter guy. Um, But uh, third parties, I think, is something that I'm really looking forward to in 2018. Bayonetta 3, man. Can you believe it? Yes. Yes, so excited. Can can one of you guys sell me on Bayonetta? Because I, I I and this is going to have to be quick because because we have to wrap up. But uh, you know Bayonetta, I've never played it. Sell me on it, somebody. I Bayonetta two was announced for the Wii U, and I had no interest because it wasn't my style of game. And they put the demo out on the Wii U eShop, and I downloaded it. And within 20 minutes, I'd walked up away from my Wii U, gone to Amazon, and pre-ordered Bayonetta 2. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to explain like why, but there is something so incredibly satisfying about the movement and the hits and the way that the screen slows down when you go into, a, 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 I can't remember the mode, which mode or whatever. Uh, it's it, it just feels amazing to play, and there's just an incredible spectacle to it. So I think it's hard to convince you to play it uh, without having like a taste of what it feels like. I don't know if that Bayonetta 2 demo is still up on the Wii U eShop, but if you have a, an opportunity to just try the game and see how it feels to you, I think that's the best way for you to get into it or to sell you on it. Fair enough. Um, it, also, I'm, I was surprised that NBZ didn't say Fire Emblem as his uh, 2018 thing that he was looking forward to most. I, I mean, Fire Emblem is definitely up there. It's it's Maybe we're oversaturated, you know, and I do love Fire Emblem a lot, but I, I don't have faith that they're going to go in a bold direction. I would really love Fire Emblem to go, like, completely different, go sci-fi, like use lightsabers and, and oh. laser guns or something. You know? oh, I really man. want them to do something completely different from the medieval fantasy setting, and I just don't know that that's the direction they're going to go in because I feel like we're just going to get another one of those traditional games. And that's fine because it's proof popular. Uh, but I, I, I hope they go in a different direction. I'm just not really sure they are going to. All right. Well, I really want... Oh, go ahead, Josh. I do want to know what Retro's working on. That's the, that's the other thing oh, I want to yeah. know in 2018. I want they're, them to announce something. They're being real sneaky over there. Whatever it is that they're working on, they're being sneaky about it. Um, exactly. All right, so thank you guys for coming on the show. I really appreciate uh, coming on and helping us out for the the holiday show. Uh, so thank you, everybody who's listened to this show. You guys are great, uh, but you definitely need to check out these gentlemen's podcasts. So uh, let's start off with Josh. Josh, where is it that people can find you in your show? Yeah, so everywhere online, I'm N64Josh, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff. It's all N64Josh. Um, the Nintendo PowerCast is going to be on all your major podcast players, so just search for it there. All right, and Lloyd, what about you, man? Where can people find you? Yeah, uh, so uh, the Nintendo Pulse Podcasts are Nintendo show you. It's available on our um, our podcast network, rez.tv, R-E-Z-D.tv, uh, available there with all the other shows that we do on the network. If you want to hit me up directly, I'm Dasme on Twitter, D-A-S-M-E. I uh, love to chat about all gaming stuff um, on pretty much every social network. Awesome. And NBZ? Uh, yeah, you can find my podcast, This Nintendo Life, uh, on iTunes or on Stitcher, with any, any kind of podcasting app you have. Just search for us and we should pop up. 
Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Lord NBZ. That's L O R D N B Z. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to have some some big game of the year shows at the end of the year as well. So uh, if you look forward to people arguing about what's the best video game, you should definitely come and listen to that. Awesome. And if you're listening to this podcast on one of these gentlemen's podcasts, I'm Bill, also known as Run Jump Stomp. Uh, you can find my podcast, which is uh, called Switchcraft. It's three days a week. Nintendo news on uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, uh, usually about 30 minutes each time. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at RunJumpStomp, and you can just head on over to RunJumpStomp.com for all your Nintendo needs. Thank you guys for uh, coming on the show, and I hope you all have uh, happy holidays. Thanks. Same to you. Okay. Same, man. Thank you. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. Thank you.